Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're doing a silly episode. We're going to talk about what non-Marvel crossover would be awesome. We're dumping out the toy box. That's right. Dumping out the toy box right after this. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, that's $20 off your first four boxes, go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUcast80 and enter promo code MCUcast80. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What's up, my man? Man, it is popcorn season, let me tell you. Popcorn season? What do, what do you yeah. mean? I have a couple of scouts, one of which is a Cub Scout, one is a uh, an older scout, uh, and it, it's fundraising season. You know, it's it's popcorn oh, season. Cub okay. Scouts popcorn is is a a blazing. So popcorn is like their cookies. Like the Girl Scouts have cookies, they have popcorn, right. that kind of thing. Okay, yes, gotcha. yeah, it's that. And I am the popcorn colonel. <laughs> For the is, back. Is that what it's called? That is the position, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a that's great. All right. That's wonderful. Yep. Uh, yep. That's wonderful. So I'm uh, I'm slinging kernels, you know, dealing, wheeling and dealing in popcorn all day, all weekends. <laughs> it, is, it is the month where it is hell on anything that I want to do for myself. Yeah. Well, I, the, the fact that you get to call yourself the popcorn kernel, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only solace I that, take. That's a solid uh that's a solid <laughs> solace, if you will. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode is going to be a just for fun episode. As we said, we're in the middle of a kind of a content drought until December or January whenever they decide to put this uh this next uh, Disney Plus series out, so we're gonna um, make up our own. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some fun things, uh, and one of the fun things we're doing is doing commissioned episodes. If you are a three or four dollar patron over on Patreon, you can commission an episode. We just uh, posted a link uh, that's only visible to our three and four dollar patrons, and you can go to that link and commission an episode. And uh, so, if you haven't done that or haven't seen that link yet, go over to Patreon.com/slash/MCUcast. Log in if you're a three or four dollar uh subscriber and you can do that um so i our first one comes from jeffrey james and here's what he said he would like us to discuss the non-marvel crossovers that would be awesome <laughs> and who'd they'd be paired with and what would happen his examples are buffy versus blade ah let me scribble mine off that's a good <laughs> Dude, one did you Enterprise no. the Enterprise versus Galactus? Ooh, yeah, it's okay. pretty, pretty All right. solid. I like that. Solid. I like that too. Uh, Vampirella versus Jessica Jones. There's like some stylistic things going on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cthulhu versus Doctor Doom. I love mm. that. That's fun. Well, Doom's already crazy. So yeah, that's true. That's true. He doesn't <laughs> doesn't have the madness. Cthulhu will not give him the madness. Uh, okay, and then he says, "Tell us how you think the story would develop, and how the conflict would play out." You would think. You would think from the beginning of this that this would be the most amazing concept ever because we get to literally take everything that we've ever watched ever. And just throw it all together to see what would be really fun. But it's been really hard to, to like nail down a solid matchup and have something that's like, 
you know, emotionally driving and that has real story to tell. Yeah. It's not easy. It's especially when you have everything, it opens, all the possibilities are open. So like, what are you going to do? Like who, who is your, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to choose. Um, so yeah. we're going to go back and forth on these and we're going to each throw out some ideas. We each came up with three. And we are going to get in depth on like what we think, uh, like why why it's a good crossover, who they might be paired up with, and some basic story beats. So um, <laughs> let's dive in. You ready, man? You know, <sighs> sure. All right. I'm not very proud of my list, but sure. All right. What, what I think is fun is we. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a similar list. I don't know. We we, we know what each other love in the MCU, and we have pretty similar taste there. But I have no idea really what. Uh, other thing you'd want to bring in. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to preface this though. My, all of my MCU, like the, the MCU half of my roster is entirely from the TV shows. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I went a different way. I, I, I did include who they're crossing over with a little bit or who would be interesting, but I, I more just, uh, came up with sort of an idea of what to do and who to bring in and some like, little plot. Who you wanted beats. to just like drop her into the world? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's the MCU. Like I, I don't want them to not be able to basically everything I have here. I want to see them interact with everybody, but I did, oh, I did, I did, okay. I did throw a few okay. that are like interesting. Um, they, so, <laughs> they, all of mine are like are, are are major events. These are all event movies. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so <laughs> exactly. Well, like, with mine, the, the, mine are the the interstitial like in between the temples, the filler, so to speak. Is, you, is you what wrote, mine's going to be? You came up with some Netflix series, and I came up with the next three Avengers movies. <laughs> right, right. Actually, like I'm doing Ant Man over here. Yeah, I, I did the next three sagas. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. One of them, one of them could be a saga. And it would be super, but they're all silly. That's the point of these. By the way, I don't think they should do any of these. But yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get that out on the table. Like none of this should actually happen. But here's the thing: we're in a world where uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has created a world where every movie company is trying to do bigger and bigger crossovers. We keep hearing about different universes being put together, whether it be the monster universe or the GI Joe universe or the or the uh, Transformers or combining those various universes and obviously a DC. And I, I just can't imagine uh, that someday we're going to have someone try this, like combining multiple uh, worlds. I mean, it's happened in comics before. You've Absolutely. Had, there's been like DC and Marvel crossovers, you know, yes. like there was a, a series in the nineties that was JLA Avengers. That was fantastic where uh, you know, uh, the, the game master or the grandmaster, sorry. And somebody else from the DC universe, they were having this chess match where they had to pick their champions and their champions had to fight. And it was basically Avengers versus JLA. And it was awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. And they've done it in comics, but in comics, it's a little more throwaway than if you're going to spend $200 million or a billion dollars yeah. making a movie. <laughs> right. So, and, and it would like, it would it would forever sort of taint the universe unless they did some real like like what if stuff like if the what if did some of these I'd be totally happy. Okay, I'm gonna go with my first one. Are you ready? Okay, do it. Here we go. Set the scene. Oh God, maybe I should go first. No, no, no. That's the thing. So we can I'm, end on a high note. I'm establishing. Uh, I'm, I'm est- oh, oh, if you want to do that, if you want to do it that way, well, we can we can alternate. We can go, we can go back and forth. You can do the last anyway. Whatever. Here we go. Are you ready? 
Because you, you might want to comp some of my style on these, because I, I thought about this. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. I wrote myself a little intro here. Oh, do it. Do it. A four-legged beast chases a woman through the woods of Wakanda dark, in the dark of night. Camera is low to the ground, snarling, drooling, galloping toward her. It's an outrider. Escape to the woods after the Battle of Wakanda. Suddenly, she's cornered. The outrider steps, shake the ground as it approaches, sniffing the air. Suddenly, a booming explosion rocks the outrider, and it whips around to confront its attacker. Then, blood and metal fill the screen as the spinning blade of a chainsaw slices diagonally through its body. (laughs) Then, a beefy hand reaches out and says, I got you, baby. (laughs) Ash, the fighter of demons, monsters, and evil of all types, holsters his boomstick. (laughs) All right, all right. So that's that's it. Just adding Ash to the world. I, I think obviously just, you'd pair him with people like Blade, Morbius, Doctor Strange. Kind of the horror elements of the universe would be an absolutely. obvious choice. But man, especially now that we're missing Tony, having Ash hanging out in the background of every major Avengers scene, you know, like every like being the guy who's like. Tony would always kind of give people nicknames and like make fun of people. And this would be yep. Ash doing that, but with a very different tone. And like Ash is always self-deprecating. Like the, and it, the joke's always kind of on him. I just think that would be a really fun character to sort of like yeah, live a, in the world. He would, he would bring a different kind of snark. Yes, absolutely. Like, totally different kind of snark. I've, I've thought often that nobody has the snark like the Stark, but uh, I like where you're going with this. Ash is a different kind, but like not worse. It's just like very different. And I I think that flavor would be a lot of fun to add. Um, I I also imagine a storyline where all of this is going on and he realizes he meets all these other heroes. So like part of what Ash is dealing with is he is the lone hero who is fighting, you know, all the, these demons that the Necronomicon is, 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 um, bringing forth so part of it would be maybe he tries to turn he's always trying to get out of that responsibility (laughs) so like i love the idea that there's a storyline where he tries to give that the necronomicon over to dr strange to like you know keep in his like fortress or whatever uh yeah that like mystical city Keeping those little chains that we saw, the Necronomicon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he like, he goes and puts the book there, but the kind of magic that he is facing, the weird evil, the first evil demon characters that he's always fighting are so different and weird that Doctor Strange can't deal and they end up giving the book back. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I envision it going. Like he is just the only one who can stand in the breach between that evil and this world. Like he is the he is the chosen one. And so when he gives over his duty to Doctor Strange or whoever, uh, they help him. They fight alongside him, and he fights alongside them. Maybe they ha- there's some sort of crossover event where that evil is working with whatever uh, whatever bad uh, big bad uh, of the moment, but. Eventually, they just have to give it back to Ash and be like, you take this book. You've, you've dealt with <laughs> it for 30 years. You're going to have to continue. <laughs> so that's that's my first one. 
Okay. All right. I like that. I, I just, uh, the, the amount of just weird stuff that would come up, like think about him interacting with Bruce Banner, with yes. Bruce looking at his, at his chainsaw hand and being like, how the hell does this even make sense? Well, and, and, and Bruce has an injured hand now. Yep. Uh, maybe Bruce would, uh, at some point. Like a Hulk sized chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> maybe he takes a page out of, uh, Ash's book and we see him come back with a, with a chainsaw hand next time. Yes. Yes. We need this. No, we don't. We need this. <laughs> yeah. We definitely don't need this, but I enjoyed thinking of it. And <laughs> of all the characters in the world, if I want to bring someone in, Ash just has a different flavor from everything else. There's nothing like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. That flavor is just different, and I would love to see it. Yep. yep. What's your first oh, one, man? man? Okay. All right. So I've got <clears throat> I've got the one that I'm least proud of, and okay. then I've got the one that is not a good one but would be really funny. All right. Well, uh, for throw the certain least, reasons, throw the least at the end. What, what's your? What's your? Okay. What's your? Th- th- give some medium to start. <laughs> all right, medium, medium to start. So, <clears throat> we all know that uh, that the the chemical that blinded Daredevil spilled into the sewers, right? Right. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> so what I uh, what I had envisioned here was Ninja Turtles. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Daredevil. That's where I started. Okay. Except, you know, I was like, Daredevil against the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles seems a little unfair. Maybe, maybe. But he's he's a very capable fighter. But the Ninja Turtles would be such a weird thing for him to to sense, you know, because they're, yes, they're bipedal, they're humanoid in shape, but... They're also turtles. <laughs> they're giant walking turtles. Yeah, they can do things so, that uh, that others cannot. Exactly. And that would be such a strange thing for him to, to hear and feel and like, and pick up all of the, you know, use all of the rest of his senses against. That would be the, a weird thing. So it would be a, an interesting fight to watch him against them. But just the fight, it's, that's, that's whatever. That's old news. We've seen, we've seen superheroes fight each other and then yeah, you team have interesting, up. uh, interesting character in, interactions. Right. They always fight and then, you know, they fight to establish dominance and then they have to team up, right? What if they were teaming up? <laughs> their their team up was so that they could stop the guys who were trying to kill people, like Casey Jones and Punisher. Oh, I see where you're going with that. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Casey, so Jones, Casey Jones and Punisher on Team Murder the Bad Guys. Yep. And then the good yep. guys of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the good, you know, soulful Daredevil join forces to try to stop the people from doing the worst bad, the worst good. <laughs> the, the worst good for the bad bad? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think of it as uh, kind of like a um, a daddy daycare type of situation <laughs> where <laughs> they're trying daycare? to... Like, I don't want to... Yes. First off... First off the fact that you're referencing daddy daycare. Yep. Yep. No, I'm just, I am, I'm leaning into this. Amazing. All right. Lean in and you'll have to describe the plot of daddy daycare, which is not something I expected to ask you to do tonight. <laughs> it's never something that I had, I had ever thought that I was going to do. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. How okay, does this so, relate to daddy daycare? Well, uh, in Daddy Daycare, you've got a couple of people who are not necessarily used to corralling cats, herding cats, 
uh, taking care of multiple children at the same time. You've got, in a similar sense, Daredevil and the Turtles are trying to corral these two guys who are just all about trying to kill some bad guys, <laughs> trying to direct them away from doing those things and, and trying to get them to do the good and convince them. But they, you know, they're the guys that just can't quite be convinced, but can't really be faulted for doing the bad things. Yeah. I dig it. And, and you know, <clears throat> it's tying together the universes that were created by, you know, Eastman and Laird, literally based on Daredevil. So that's pretty cool. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, the Foot Clan and the Hand could finally meet. Oh, man. And then, yeah. you know, they're going to join forces. And then you've got, uh, you've got that, that effectively that last half of Daredevil season two, which we know would be so much better if oh, the yeah. Ninja Turtles were involved. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> love the Ninja. I love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to go a different way. Like maybe he needs a full team with him. So then you have the defenders cause you get that four man team of the defenders could combine with the maybe. four man team. But yeah, no, I like, I like what you did. I like what you did. The, the character motivation is much more important. It's much more important. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I just it. like calling up a team because like they've got four people and I have, you know, they, I've got no, myself and then having a team like that's whatever. Yeah. Nobody cares. Well, about I that. imagine you could do some like things with like the characters, like, um, I don't know which character relates more to which character or whatever. Like, I mean, Michelangelo is clearly the Jessica of the group, you know? <laughs> no, and uh, not at all. Raphael is clearly the Iron Fist. No, you just swap the two. <laughs> You, those are backwards, way backwards. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yep. <laughs> those are those are way backwards. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. She is totally Raphael. I don't know. I exactly. Was just, I was just. Well, you, you hear the concept. We, we it got us there. It got us there. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's important. There. All right. Here's my next one. What you uh, got? All right. Uh, um. Spider Man is thwipping through the city immediately after his identity is revealed on the Daily Bugle. Waving at odd the onlookers, scared to death, some shake their fists at the newly revealed Peter Parker. Some are cheering him and asking for autographs. When suddenly, his Peter tingle goes crazy. <laughs> he barely dodges in time to miss a rocket fired at Peter from the rooftop. He moves toward the rooftop, dodging bullets as they are fired from a machine gun. He web swings down, catching the large, leather-clad man directly in the chest. He expects the man to crumble. He expects the man to fall. But all he feels is blinding pain. His foot is broken. The man grabs our young Spider-Man and stares down with emotionless eyes. The Terminator swings his fist at the boy. <laughs> but just in time to interrupt his inertia and avoid the crushing of the young spider's skull, a phaser blast set to kill rocks him backwards. <laughs> You're just throwing everything into this one. An amused Q stands behind Captain Picard and Data. <laughs> He brought Sorry. them, he brought Sorry. them to this time just when they were needed. And the fight for the future begins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. <laughs> what I love about it is that it's two versions of the future. One, it, it's yep. kind of like, it's Terminator mixed with First Contact. You've got yep. First Contact where the bad guys come back to change the, 
past, you know, and the bad guys go back to destroy the future. And the same thing in Terminator, you've got the good guys come back to destroy the future. But in this, you have a clear vision of what both futures look like. And maybe through some, uh, some like dalliances by Q, or maybe it's because Dr. Strange is holding the universe together, but both futures exist at the same time. And they're both, they both are somehow able to bring back. And here, here's my favorite part of this whole thing. Spider-Man, the reason they attack when they did, the reason they attack at this exact moment is because the historical record doesn't show that Spider-Man is the difference maker. It's Peter Parker who's the difference maker. Oh, so it's nice. not it's not until that moment that they know they have like clear they can clearly track Spider-Man because he's all over the news or whatever. But, yep. like, they've never been able to clearly track Peter Parker from this time period. And so as soon as it's revealed that he's the same man, they suddenly have all this tracking, and they go back. And that's exactly – all right. That doesn't really make a lot of sense because they could have gone back it earlier doesn't. or whatever. It's the but future. whatever. It's the future. Anyway, <laughs> I still like it. Um, and then the DeLorean swoops in. I really like the idea. Believe me, I almost went with DeLorean, but no, I like <laughs> no, the no, idea. No, you should, you should, but because this is, no, no, this is the story where like every form of time travel exists simultaneously. All possible futures exist simultaneously and don't exist simultaneously. It's the Schrodinger's future. Yeah. So you can you pick can all of these different kinds of time travel things and just smash them all together. <laughs> I, I, you, you could, you could, you could. But in my in, in my in my thing, it's just these two paragons of what the future could look like if AI is destroyed. And I also really like the idea that Data would have to come face to face with his AI brethren, like oh, man, in the future. Yes. So that's why Data robot is there. on robot action. Yeah, Data has to like you know it, 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 they did something similar in uh in in First Contact with Data where he had to like come to face the Borg and realize like is is this you know who is. Uh, like, could he be tempted away from the, like, beauty of the Federation or whatever? Like, his, to his duty to the Federation. But this would be, like, him having to deal with, like, and, you know, he would have some, um, like, I don't know, connection with them as, as AI and want to understand them. Like, why are they doing this? And, you know, of course, our, our, uh, our, 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 our heroes would just want to destroy them. And so somehow Peter Parker is the key and has to make a decision that will, you know, rock this entire thing. Oh man, I love that so much. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, this one. This is this is the best toy box dumping that has ever happened. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I just, <laughs> and I actually really like the idea. Like, even if you took all the names off the stuff and you took all the toy box away, I really like the idea for a story. Like two futures <laughs> fighting in the present. You know, like we get that like good guys and bad guys from the future fighting over the present. But what if it's two completely different visions of the future and they both have clear visions of what they're fighting for and they're both going at it. You know, <clears throat> that's, that's very similar to a, uh, like a Cree versus scroll, scroll war. Like, you know, bringing the battle to earth and fighting over earth. Yeah. Um, except it's not, you know, like current alien forces, it's the possibility of our own future, uh, you know, and the different possibilities of it. I like that. I, that's, that's a, it's a new way to put the, uh, the futuristic aspect, uh, you know, the, the battling futuristic aspect on earth. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> Not like it's ever going to happen, but I'm excited about it. It was <laughs> no, fun. God, no. 
Okay. There's no way. <laughs> What's your next one, my friend? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with my, my least favorite so far. Uh, it's, a, it's the one that doesn't have as much emotional weight, but it would be super cool to see it happen. Um, so imagine Phil Coulson is rolling along and he's in, you know, he's in his, uh, he's in his SUV. They're going toward the city and you see, <clears throat> Similar to uh, the Mighty Thor story, where uh, the absorbing man is absorbing the city, the 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 size and stature of of New York. He's he's absorbing, you know, the the concrete jungle, so to speak, and becoming huge. And as he's growing in size, and they're rolling forward, Colson's like, "What the hell are we going to do about this?" When all of a sudden, his SUV transforms. <laughs> 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 and Optimus Prime comes rolling up beside them. Yes. Ready to take on this foe. Yeah. So you I got think, S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and the Transformers. I dig it. Because how would the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even like think to deal with the Transformers? I don't know, man. They'd, ha- they'd <laughs> need to call a hero. But what if their heroes are busy? Or, you know, otherwise engaged in, you know, other battles. They need the Transformers. Yeah, man. Yeah, obviously. They're robots in disguise. It could be any car. (laughs) And you know Coulson has all those trading cards, too. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I think that that one would be, uh, it would be really silly to to watch that happen. I dig it. It would be uh, it would be an interesting thing to have happen on screen because like if if you imagine like Phil Coulson from the Thor movie, you know back in two thousand ten, and where he's dealing where he sees like the Destroyer armor and you know calling out to him and yeah. the Destroyer is like all this like shifting weird amalgus and Coulson's just like confused looking at it like he's still got you know he's got things up his sleeve and 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 plans to i guess ideas of how to maybe take on this thing but like just kind of out of his league like right out of the gate same kind of thing with transformers yeah i dig it and i i do love the idea of him walking up to a uh decepticon with like a a, a bullhorn and being like oh, yes. excuse me uh i'm from the strategic homeland intervention and logistics division <laughs> You are you are using unregistered technology. <laughs> I am unregistered technology. <laughs> yeah, I love and then it. fight. Yeah, yeah I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, that's a good one. Let's uh, let's hear a word from our sponsors. How about that? That works for me, sir. Yeah. How about it? Who, okay. who, who brought us the show today? Uh, today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You can get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. It's so easy a 10-year-old could do it. I'm not saying that 10-year-olds are incompetent in any way, but my 10-year-old was able to cook us meals with the step-by-step instructions that come with every recipe, the pre-measured ingredients all in one bag for your meal, make it super easy to just grab and go. You've got everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. It really it really is pretty amazing. 
you know, just, just being able to have a meal that you can be really proud of, honestly, like really proud of. And, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've really loved every, every one of my experiences with these guys. And I'm sure that your girlfriend has really loved her, your experience there because then she doesn't have to cook and you get to cook a, a great meal for her. That's right. She does. I get so many brownie points for cooking HelloFresh. I don't even tell, I don't even tell her they're HelloFresh. I hide that fact. Um, you can do that, everybody. You can, you can hide your HelloFresh boxes and just, uh, yeah, I bought all these ingredients. I, I'm making this thing. <laughs> the deceiving of your partner being recommended by the host is not endorsed by HelloFresh or its partners. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so even if you're really bad around the kitchen or if you're really good, but you just, you're in a rut, you can get out of that rut with HelloFresh's 20 plus seasonal chef curated recipes each week. I'm actually looking at it right now in the upcoming week, October 19th through the 25th. You have got one of my favorite meals available to you called the Mediterranean salmon with creamy dill sauce, green beans, and za'atar couscous. That thing is amazing. Yeah. My, that, that one's actually my daughter has cooked that a couple of times now and she like she loves being able to just produce that kind of food and really I like not having to do the cooking myself when she does that. But these meals are fantastic. There are so many recipes every single week. There's sausage and pea risotto coming up. I mean, you can get butter based at chicken breasts, shrimp and zucchini ribbons. Like there's so many things for every different kind of palate. And there are so many different plans for you for any kind of lifestyle. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. You guys You should absolutely give it a try. Uh, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash MCUcast 80 and enter MCUcast 80. Uh, you get $20 off your first four boxes. So that's $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUcast80 and enter MCUcast80 at checkout. All right, all right, all right. So all that talk about food, that's that's all well and good. But what you need is food for your soul. Ooh, food for the soul. I, thing. What's your, you, yeah, you know, what is your next one? How is it food for the soul? I'm intrigued. You know who is so all about souls is Ghost Rider. Oh, okay. Now imagine, if you will. I'm imagining, my friend. Ghost Rider is riding along, chasing a bad guy, any old bad guy, preferably a bad guy, a turncoat in the CIA. All right. And he gets him cornered, and he pulls out his chain whip, and he lunges that flaming or uh, throws that chain that that flaming chain but that's really hard to say <laughs> he lo- he throws that flaming chain whip forward ready to, to just completely disintegrate this guy and another chain from the side with a skull on it flies in intercepts the chain they're both trying to get the same guy and he the skull the flaming skull turns to the left and sees spawn Ooh, yeah. The tortured soul himself spawn. Mm. So how would they interact? Would uh, would would Well, would he want to Ghost Rider is the spirit of vengeance. Right, right. So would he want to take out Spawn? He probably would, but it just depends on what like who they're chasing because Spawn is also trying to to 
kill really bad guys. And Ghost Rider is, is trying to, you know, enact vengeance and, and seek out justice. And Spawn has had such bad shit done to him in his, you know, in his life that they might be able to come to some sort of agreement and team up and, and direct that fury. And that would be a f- huge force to be reckoned with between the two of them. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, those those are definitely two characters that fit really well as as like a team. I, I wonder if that's even happened in comics. Like, it would not surprise me. That's so. That's so. Uh, yeah, I didn't even check. <laughs> yeah. Well, my last one. I am certain that it did not happen in comics. Um. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm pretty certain. I think they did a comic about this guy. But here it Go goes. On. <laughs> Captain Marvel descends onto the street to find the device. Which Captain Marvel? The Captain Marvel, the only one in the MCU. Sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Cap, you're talking about... Okay. Is it, is it Captain Marvel on the other side? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Shazam is Captain Marvel. Is that what you mean? It, yeah, he was. All right. He was Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Okay, sorry. Our Captain Marvel from the MCU. Brie Larson. <laughs> <laughs> specifically Brielars. Yes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Captain Marvel descends onto the street to find a device that has been planted there. She begins to sing a song about how she's tired of dealing with these petty earthbound problems because the Avengers just can't function without their uh the late Stark. She tuts the device in her hands and crushes it right as the big crescendo of her song lands and the explosion inside her fist punctuates her big diva moment. <laughs> then a chorus of other heroes enters through the through a sling ring portal, but they're too late to help. They lament this in song, of course, and she tosses the device to them and it re- just reads property of Dr. H. You guys can go round up the trash. I've got bigger things to worry about. Cut to the remaining Avengers blasting their way into the secret lair. Standing before them, in his underwear, eating a bowl of cereal, still wearing the goggles, always wearing the goggles, is Dr. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So the, what what this begins is it reveals oh. the, the idea is it reveals that the the musical nature of Doctor Horrible's sing along blog, which if you haven't seen, is an amazing piece of th- is piece of art. Go watch Doctor Horrible's sing along blog if you haven't. But uh, it reveals that the musical nature is basically all in Doctor Horrible's head. So his entrance into the MCU allows for all the characters of the MCU to to have their singing moment. So this yeah, begins his course. journey through the MCU sort of justice system. <laughs> while, while Dr. Horrible is being processed his way toward the raft, all kinds of hijinks ensue. And uh, he meets basically all of the different Avengers in different settings as he like tries to escape and gets recaptured and goes through the still processing through the MCU. And, uh, <laughs> All of them get a chance to sing about their particular issues. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the idea. We get, we get like an MCU musical where it's Dr. Horrible. Like, I love the idea of NPH, just like Neil Patrick Harris plays 
Dr. Horrible. I love the idea of him just like sort of hanging out in the background, acting defeated and disaffected while like <laughs> all the different heroes are singing about their particular problems. And like maybe he's yep. on a Quinjet and they have to like do a, you know how like you get those scenes in the movies where, uh, you got the, the, the bad guys riding in the back of the cop car, but the cops get called to another call and they have to run and handle it. So you have all of that going on while Dr. Harville's just like in handcuffs in the back of the proverbial police car. Uh, and so they just like deal with all these superhero things and he just slowly heads toward the raft. And I don't know how it would end. I think it might end. It, the thing is, Dr. Harville is, uh, it, it, like, like is funny and he, he wants to be evil, but he's also, uh, kind of impressed with all the big guys. So I think he would just be like kind of constantly impressed with the heroes. Um, yeah. So yeah, he would, he'd be doing that Deadpool thing where like he's, he's, you know, being held up off the ground by Thor. It's like, you know, I really think you're very pretty. Like, Oh God, did I say that out loud? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, he'd do it all in song. He'd be like yeah, constantly be singing about them or like interrupting their song with songs with his commentaries on their songs. And it would be kind of like the voice of the audience, the sort of fourth wall breaking, like not necessarily fourth wall breaking, but like sort of the voice of the audience is like how people perceive these heroes versus what they're singing about. I don't know. I think it sounds like super that. fun. I like it a lot. I think, I think one of the most interesting things about that, though, is that if you remember from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, everybody had their own style of music that came along with them. Oh, yeah. So everybody in the Avengers and, and in the MCU would have their own style of music that they'd be singing with. Yeah. So, like, getting to apply a different type of music to everybody would be super cool. Yeah. No, I mean, it would be, it would be a super fun thing. And I think for the humor's sake, I think that Ant-Man would particularly fit well into this whole the whole scheme just i can absolutely see like ant-man being won over by dr horrible and like them just like hanging out singing duets together i don't know i just see ant-man yeah being like yep. particularly susceptible because he's a criminal you know like he, he's always kind of like getting convinced to be with the bad guy sort of like he wouldn't turn bad but like he might be a little too lax on dr horrible like he might escape because ant-man is uh busy doing a duet like getting too into it <laughs> yep yeah like there might be a there might be a point where um <laughs> paul rudd turns to everyone else and is just like is he really that bad a guy <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> like, he had a he planted a bomb but like it didn't hurt anybody <laughs> right and that's why i said device because i don't i couldn't think of a funny thing for it to be because i don't think dr harl was into planting bombs necessarily like it could be a device that makes everyone whatever i don't know somehow it's going to win him some get him some money or some prestige like dr Harwell's not really yeah. about hurting people although yeah, he doesn't like killing people yeah you you guys should really watch uh dr horrible i, I almost spoiled it but i, I won't it is great it is just wonderful the music's great it's it's from joss whedon who obviously has his connections to the uh mcu so you should check it out uh all right yep. well that's all i got man you got anything else to say about these these uh these you know our takes on who we would bring into the universe no man i uh i just i think that i i wish that i had had a bit more um a bit more parameter a bit more of a parameter to work with. Not like dumping out the toy box is probably the hardest thing <laughs> well, for us you know, to do. It was fun. Like, and we, I, dude, Jeffrey James 
has is such a cool supporter of uh, our what we do, and uh, I hope he likes this episode. Like I, I didn't mind. Yeah, I definitely don't mind uh, dumping the toy box out. So if you if you want to go support us on Patreon and commission something or if you're already a supporter like we said we basically don't have any content until december so we've got we're obviously going to have some news and feedback episodes between now and then but uh we're definitely open to some doing some of these commissioned episodes so please go to patreon.com slash mcucast uh subscribe there and if you haven't yet or if you'd like to submit a commissioned episode submit it through the link that is uh, only visible to those three and four dollar subscribers so We'll yep. be back soon, guys. Uh, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter and all the other uh, social medias. If you want to hear more from me, you can find the Star Trek Universe podcast or the Oroville Universe podcast. And just went live. I don't even think it's on iTunes yet, but it should be in the next day or two. Who watched The Watchmen? Me and Jason Goss from the DC on Screen podcast are doing a Watchmen podcast, and I am really excited about that. We're about to cover the comic book in a couple of days and then we're going to cover the movie and then we're going to do an episode by episode review of the watchman. So if you dig what we do here, please go. Uh, well, maybe by the time this drops, you, that might even be subscribable. You might be able to subscribe to that by that, that point. So check it out. Peace. <laughs> Until next time. True believers. Hi, I'm Dave, and I'd like to invite you to listen to DC On Screen, where Jason and I talk about all the DC Universe properties on film and television. Now, we stumble into every one of them. We're just talking, and then suddenly there's music behind it. We don't stumble into it on purpose. I lean into it because that's just who we are, and I can't get my shit together, man. (laughs) We talk news, give reviews, and sometimes we're a little clever. Until we get an official word drawn whether or not Henry Cavill is still Superman, I'm going to lovingly refer to him as Schrodinger's Clark. We just did two episodes on Joker. A first thought's been a deep dive. You can find us on whatever you're hearing this ad on, or you can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com.